Hey everybody, that was uh, Perenge, a great uh, talented musician, Perenge, uh, from his uh, album <clears throat> Ayahuasca Remixed, Ayahuasca Remixed, uh, fantastic. The original is is a great uh, is a great album, Ayahuasca, the original motion picture uh, soundtrack, and the uh, name of that song is chakruna uh chakruna the drum spider remix um so yeah i'm just uh really really digging uh this musician and um and all the music he makes and so go check that out whatever you know on spotify or, or wherever you uh you get music from anyway hey what's up everyone and uh hello new people so I've been on a little bit of a hiatus, I guess you could say. Um, I'm down here in Iquitos, Peru. I'm sitting in my hotel room right now recording this. And uh, I've been in the Amazon jungle for the past three weeks. So normally I release uh, a podcast episode once a week. Sometimes a bonus episode is thrown in there. For the next three months, it's going to be less than that. Uh, how much less? I don't know. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, also, I, uh, on a technical note, I only currently have one microphone right now. Uh, I chose to buy uh, a, another microphone to travel with, and I thought that maybe I'd just get like a, kind of a lesser quality microphone because you know I'm going to be traveling and it's going to be in the jungle and it's you know I've been reading a lot of things and asking asking people who live here that it's like super humid and you know uh electronics can get damaged so I was just like okay let me let me buy like a a mic that's you know whatever like not like the greatest mic but anyway long story short I wound up actually breaking it uh, apparently it wasn't that good of quality. I mean, I, I, I was kind of trying to pack it in my bag anyway. I, <laughs> just to give you guys a little inside scoop as to what's going on, um, for this upcoming interview that, uh, that I have here, we actually were only using one microphone. Um, so I just got to say thank you so much to, uh, Sean, Sean Cheedy, who is the guest today, uh, for, for participating in that uh and uh you know dealing with the the situation where we were kind of just passing the microphone back and forth uh you know long time listeners you'll definitely notice there's a little bit of a difference in the conversational flow but otherwise great great talk uh Sean's an awesome guy I got to meet him when I came down here um when I came down here for uh for my 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 beginning to my beginning of my work residency uh, I should say at the at the Temple of the Way of Light, and uh, so far it's been absolutely uh, phenomenal. It's just uh, really really great. Uh, everybody there is super amazing, amazing people. All the guests that come in are amazing people as well. Just like so many interesting people from all walks of life, all ages, all backgrounds, all over the world. Global little global communities of of people connecting, and uh, and it's just a really really special place, really, truly an amazing thing that's, that's going on. And I'm glad to, to be a part of it. So yeah. Um, what else do I have to say? Uh, not too much, just 
obviously just trying to make it clear uh, that you know I am in the Amazon jungle. I do have limited uh, internet access, so I'm not able to check messages. And you know, trust me, I'm. Thank you so much. I'm. I'm overwhelmed with uh, the messages and the donations that have came, that have come in. Uh, so so it's just been really really tremendous. So just uh, just know that I will eventually. Uh, I will eventually reply to you. I will eventually get back to you. I will eventually give you your deserved shout outs. Of course, my boy Mason, Mason, who edited his pledge on Patreon to me, uh, warms my heart so much. Thank you, man. Uh, one of my biggest supporters, if not the biggest supporter, uh, which I think you are on Patreon, uh, $50 a month. Mason is contributing to me on Patreon to support this show, to support the message of psychedelics and liberty, self-improvement and healing and, and consciousness expanding and all that uh, good stuff that we talk about here on Mikeadelic. So thank you so much, Mason. And uh, thanks to some new Patreon subscribers. Uh, Christopher, thank you so much. Pledge $5 uh, since I've been in the Amazon jungle. So thank you, Christopher, for, for your $5 pledge. And uh, interesting posted five dollars. So thank you, interesting. That's uh, that's very interesting. Thank you for your for your pledge. Thank you so much for your financial contribution to this show. Obviously, as you guys know, I don't have any advertisers or anything anything like that. No outside forces. No you know man behind the scenes telling me what to say and do. It's just me to you. And you support uh, this show fully funded by you. So I want to give you a huge special thank you from my heart. I feel so grateful that I'm allowed to do this. And, uh, and just, uh, you know, really super, super special that uh, we have this relationship where you guys are supporting something that you truly care about. And I'm able to uh, hopefully always deliver on what you like. So thank you so much. Uh, today's guest. Sean Cheedy. Sean Cheedy is a psychotherapist and integration consultant that works with the Temple of the Way of Light. He uh, offers classes for the Deep Immersion Program on mindfulness and meditation um, and integration. He's a psychotherapist uh, and provide he provides a lot of his uh, services remotely. He's always traveling around. I think he's headed to Mexico right now. And uh, you can set up sessions with him and contact him. And he provides his uh, his support for individuals through Skype. He works with individuals, with couples, with groups. And um, yeah, just a really great guy, really smart guy, just full of uh, of tons of uh, of knowledge and information and, and wisdom and, uh, you know... Um, really poised and grounded and just uh funny, you know, good sense of humor, which is always important. And um just a great person that you want to have around, especially when you're working with like master plants, you know, plant medicines and, you know, ayahuasca specifically. Uh it's it's just so good to have this extra added component to it, the component that Sean provides. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are that are providing, you know, sort of uh, these sorts of services. But uh, I have to say, you know, it's just it's it's really a matter of of what fits for you. 
And uh, for for somebody like me, for maybe some some people in the sort of younger generation, Sean is really somebody that you can relate to. You know, he's really somebody that that gets it, really humble, and uh, just a just a good guy. And you'll see, you know, from this interview, uh, you know, the wonderful things that he has to say. Um, yeah. And so, what else can I say about Sean? What else can I say about this interview? Uh, he coaches people towards uh, personal and career goals. That's another service he offers. Um, I'll put you know his, his links in the in the show notes. Uh, he you know works with uh, with people who. Uh, uh, suffer from anxiety and depression, social social anxiety, uh, panic attacks, PTSD, OCD, um, and you know he provides group training in mindfulness and meditation, which is what uh, he was doing at the Temple of the Way of Light. So he's the he's part of the integration team there at the Temple of the Way of Light in in Peru, and uh, yeah, it's just it's 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 super amazing. Super amazing. Uh, there's, you know, my whole time here, it's just uh, I need to develop a, more of a, a, a vo- <laughs> I need to develop more of a vocabulary. I need to start being able to actually speak a little bit better because I keep saying amazing, incredible, just really fantastic, you know, breathtaking. It's you know, I want to come up with a better way to kind of really, really paint the picture of what's actually happening here. But then again maybe maybe it's it's just you have to come and experience it you know i think it's just something that you have to experience um so yeah without further ado thank you so much again once again i am going i am in, in the amazon currently in the amazon jungle I'm, i've just come to town in iquitos i'll be coming to town about once a month but i will be here for 3 months so my internet access is limited but no i will respond to you i will get back to you please always as always provide me with feedback for the show let me know if you like it let me know what you think uh you know what, what you think of these conversations and and uh uh, all the feedback is is much appreciated. I always reply. Uh, it just it just will be a little delayed this time. Um, yeah, and and if you really enjoy the show, the best way to help us out is go leave a five star review on iTunes. Uh, it, it helps the show. It helps book uh, interesting guests and and attract new people to find the show. People that are searching for these kinds of messages that we're talking about in the show. So. Uh, please go ahead and do that if you can. That would be really uh, much appreciated. Right now, we have 86 five-star reviews, ratings and reviews on iTunes, which is absolutely amazing. So thank you so much. You guys are all really fantastic and and really incredible. There come those words again. Um, so anyway, without further ado, speaking about fantastic and incredible, uh, Sean Cheedy is just, uh, just an awesome human being. Had a pleasure to work with and, and hang out with for the past three weeks. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. And I will talk to you hopefully sooner rather than later. Just know that I'm working on getting out as many episodes as I possibly can. and. Uh, dealing with the the technical difficulties that we're dealing with. I'm going to try and uh, release as much as I can when I'm down here, whenever I can. Uh, I miss I miss the interaction, the constant interaction, but uh, we'll be back resuming normal schedule uh, May 1st, hopefully. So uh, until then, you know, maybe about two episodes a month, uh, maybe more if, if I can. But uh, yeah, without further ado, Let's get to our conversation with psychotherapist and integration consultant from the Temple of the Way of Light, 
Mr. Sean Cheedy. Psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Words of perception. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. for a little while what 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 brought you here what brought you on the uh the ayahuasca path how did you wind up uh where you are now i started uh working with ayahuasca about um i think seven years ago now and um obviously it's a very very compelling experience as you know well and uh i was working in london as a psychotherapist at the time and yeah, I was with my uh, then girlfriend, and we basically saw an advertisement for the temple looking for facilitators, and she really wanted to apply for that. And uh, basically, I wasn't even thinking about applying, but she was worried, like, well, you know, what are you going to do? Or like, you know, I want to, want to go without you, kind of thing. Um, and so I ended up applying as well, and in the end, we were both uh, accepted. And um, obviously, we were very excited because the temple has an amazing reputation. And I'd never at that stage worked in the Shipibo tradition before. So I was really excited by the prospect of that because obviously the Shipibos have an outstanding reputation for their ayahuasca work, rightly so. Yeah, and you were saying that um, you had drank ayahuasca before. You were telling a little story about, maybe I think it was maybe your first time. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of your your first you know your first introduction to it? How you came about this this medicine and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I guess I'd been working um, in other forms of healing for a number of years, um, primarily centered with kind of healing meditation techniques, so applied strategies for uh, working in a meditative way on specific issues, uh, which is somewhat different to how uh, meditation is often presented. Um, but very, very effective, and that was a path that I was on. And I think the first time I uh, heard about ayahuasca was, I believe it was a Time magazine article, and apparently by reader responses rated to be the best-read Time magazine article of all time. And in it, a um, the author was writing about her experience of uh, purging up a... And she had a vision of purging up a snake, and this snake represented her depression, and that's what she'd been wanting to heal. And after that, uh, she noticed that her depression was basically gone, which is a pretty uh, amazing outcome 
And certainly to me at that stage, you know, working with depression is often something that takes quite a while. And so that she got such a profound effect from her ceremonies uh, really inspired me. I think I forgot about it for a while after that, but it stayed in the back of my mind. And then when I was in the UK, um, I read or no, I think I saw uh, the documentary DMT, The Spirit Molecule, the documentary based on, on the book and the famous study. And that really inspired me again to, to look out for ayahuasca. And so I Googled it, and <laughs> at the time in the UK, uh, there was a website, ayahuascauk.com. Um, and so I found a, a retreat coming up basically the next weekend or so after that, and I ended up going to that. Um, and yeah, it was an amazing and very strong experience. I think I died once or twice in the first ceremony or the second one uh, in my, you know, in my... Uh, kind of visions and having that experience of that was really profound. It was such a, you know, such a compelling experience that from that point there was really no turning back for me. I was, I was in, um, I think I already had a, an, an appreciation of, of the potential of plant medicine from having, um, worked a little bit in a very, very sort of informal, more or less social way, uh, with, uh, magic mushrooms back in Australia. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I kind of, um, you know, had that that sense that that many people have that there's something here for them, and and there certainly has been for me. So that's that's where I got started. And and so did you? Um, <clears throat> you were in school for psychology. Is it is is that right? That's right. Yeah, I studied psychology first of all in Australia, um, and I uh, qualified as a psychologist there and worked as a registered psychologist in Australia for uh, a little while before I um, moved to the UK. And then in the UK, I ended up. Um, uh, working as a cognitive behavioral psychotherapist and I did some uh, further postgraduate training at King's College in London as a, a cognitive behavioral psychotherapist. Uh, I'd also done a lot of um, uh, informal training, well informal meaning non-university based training, it was it was formal training um, but it was uh, in, in different healing systems especially based on the on the meditative uh, types of healing which is essentially what my I guess my personal bedrock practices and and that's you know as you would have seen in the classes we've been doing that's that's the frame i give to everything else even even cbt i frame within that because it's a it's a really helpful um platform for for becoming uh kind of flexible and reflective with what's going on uh, which makes it easier to understand how to be flexible in general with your thoughts and beliefs and behavioral patterns and all the kinds of things that we want to then work on can you um I've got like two part question I guess but like first is just elaborate on what CBT is a cog cognitive behavioral therapy just maybe talk a little bit about that for some people that are unfamiliar and then the second part of what I want to know is that did the the mindfulness sort of container to to all of these you know including the mindfulness in everything did that emerge from as part of your curriculum in school or was that something that emerged uh, on its own from from your own personal kind of investigation Thanks. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And uh, so when I originally uh, was studying psychology, mindfulness was not a part of the curriculum per se. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy is basically the fusion of cognitive therapy and behavioral therapy. So cognitive therapy looks at the way in, in which beliefs moderate our emotional state uh, and direct our uh, behavioral patterns and responses uh, and uh, how that basically interacts with the whole system of our emotions and our physiological state and our behaviors and routines and habits. Uh, and it looks at 
a variety of strategies for giving opportunities to learn something different. Uh, obviously, often enough, we're working to kind of moderate uh, challenging emotional states, you know, such as stress, anxiety, depression, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, panic attacks, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, and various, you know, things like that. So the main field I've been working in the UK, they call it common mental health problems. And so the ones I've been listening all fit under that banner. Yeah. And in terms of the mindfulness, I first heard about meditation, uh, visiting a Buddhist center in high school as a part of a um, studies of religion uh, ex, uh, excursion. And um, and then later when I, when I started working, I think I was aged about 20, 21, um, I I kind of guess I, at that stage, already had that impulse to really learn about healing for my own benefit. Um, I think I was probably working with kind of anxiety concerns, uh, a bit of social anxiety, um, and a kind of state of, I guess you could call it like recurrent, sort of mild to moderate depression, um, which I think are things that are fairly common, actually. Yeah, I think, you know, these are, that's why they call them common mental health problems. They're things that a lot of people experience. Um, around the world especially you know we know about them obviously very much in in the west in in the context in which i've been working but i'm sure they're 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 everywhere um and so that was my motivation for for seeking to learn about healing and very early on i started practicing uh, meditation uh, with the binaural beats meditation system um which some people might know about but it's it's very effective and i also started then uh, just kind of looking around into into different things. It was the first time I had at that workplace. It was the first time I had good access to the internet, and I really maxed out that because I guess I was somewhat bored of of the work I was supposed to be doing, and ended up getting distracted into that. Um, and it really led me on a whole um, path of discovery, which which has never ended to this day. Actually, it just continues to to grow and evolve. Um, but I yeah, I started studying uh, a healing process with a a uh, very very interesting school called the uh, Institute for the Study of Peak States of Consciousness. Um, they basically have a developmental trauma model. It's quite unique and um, very very interesting um, uh, way of modeling things. That they've basically researched a lot through using um, the the kind of uh, visions that they perceive during states of meditation. Um, yeah, I mean that's a whole other story to to describe all of that, but that's you know just a very brief uh, overview of it but that's where i really started to practice the healing meditation techniques um and they're very applied so it's it's they're very directed towards uh healing or resolving difficult emotions that you might be experiencing and also uh intended to uh model and and understand how we gain access to these kind of uh, peak states of consciousness if you like so the the states of consciousness that we don't necessarily come across that much on a day-to-day basis but that we know are out there so states of deep peace uh states of happiness um kind of like altered vision states uh states of bliss um and of course you know the the sort of void consciousness states and 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 the states that are often uh aimed for in uh, traditional spiritual practices um and then I also obviously became aware of mindfulness coming into mainstream psychology practice. Um, I think, you know, can, 
that can be attributed to people like John Kabat-Zinn in the United States, bringing it into the hospital system for pain management. And I think from there, it really started to spread throughout the entire Western mental health system. And so um, I also obviously learned that system um, and I've you know, taught that in, in, in pain management settings in the UK uh, and, you know, worked in pain management in Australia as well. It's also really useful for managing uh, <clears throat> recurrent, recurrent depression and various kind of chronic illnesses which don't necessarily have a, a ready cure. Um, and I think, you know, what I've ended up with today is a kind of, um, is kind of uh, what do you call it, like a a fusion of all of that basically they call it in when i trained they call it technical eclecticism basically is you you become congruent in yourself with an understanding derived from all the influences that you've had so yeah that's how it it, it just naturally fits together it's it's some of these things seem different on the surface but um you know mindfulness-based practices are, are becoming more and more common and, and mindfulness-based cbt is becoming uh, more and more common too yeah so like i th i think there's a lot of <clears throat> You know, there's a lot of like newness to this. W would that be a correct thing to say? Like it's it seems like there's a lot of you know the the older kind of Eastern traditions of the mindfulness practices, things that you know cultures have known for a very long time, are are now finally being accepted in the kind of Western psych psychological model. Uh, but you still have a lot of this kind of materialist, reductionist psychology that's out there um, that doesn't really seem to be beneficial in terms of working with plant medicines. It's it's just it doesn't connect, you know. Um, so 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 this this is something that's kind of new and emerging and and, and growing. Is that is that right? Yeah, I guess it's it's a complex um, question to answer, and I think a lot of people will have different opinions about this um my personal opinion basically is there's there's nothing new under the sun um when i've had conversations uh, with with colleagues who've who've spent time studying in india and are very kind of grounded in in you know some of the traditional indian approaches uh to you know, spiritual work and meditation and yoga um what i found through our conversations actually is that a lot of the principles that are applied even in something you know, as apparently Western, as you know, cognitive therapy are actually present also in many of the traditional Indian approaches, uh, and so there actually there is no conflict between them at all. They 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 fundamentally in line with one another. For example, um, you know, the the sort of one of the principal cognitive errors that we make is personalization. You know, we've we've talked about this a bit in some of the classes, but the idea that when we um, you know, experience certain things. We often write ourselves into a central role in what's going on. So, if if people behave a certain way, we often think that a part of the way that they're behaving is because of something about us. Like, if they don't say hello to us, it's because they don't like us. Um, that's when we're kind of like personalizing their behavior and, and making it about us. Um, and that is actually a fundamental thinking error in in the Eastern spiritual traditions as well, as far as I understand it. And so, you know, that's 
a direct correlation there between the understanding and 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 what is taught and practiced. Um, and again, in in terms of the other thing that you mentioned about the idea that some of these reductionist um, approaches don't mesh well with uh, with plant medicine work, my experience has actually been the exact opposite. Um, that. You know, I, I've heard exactly what you've said, and I, I guess I understand where it's coming from up to a point. But what I found when I started offering some of these classes here at the temple is that the feedback was actually really fantastic, and people were directly saying that what they were learning in the lessons came up in their ceremonies and really helped them process uh, some of what they were working on. And um, I think that's because we're just working with the with the mind and and the soul and and the emotions and and you know the everything that makes us human and anything that works will still work when you add plants into that more or less it's not like you know it's not like you stop being human just because you you start taking plants it's like you just have a new ally and i think the um you know as what i've noticed especially with ayahuasca which is the main place i've been uh, applying these these strategies uh is that Ayahuasca has an amazing capacity to to work with any thing that's going on in our mind, and so if we are thinking about things according to certain structures, even if they're reductionist, it can very fluidly and very intelligently uh, incorporate that into the experience. It just it just happens that way. It doesn't seem to have the limits of any limits to what it can can um, I guess incorporate. And essentially, I think it's basically whatever we're focused on, whatever our intentions are and whatever our practices and behaviors are, ayahuasca catalyzes that even further. So if you're working on psychological strategies, it will catalyze them. If, you, if you're practicing art, it will, it will inspire your art. If you're a musician, it will inspire your music. If you're a business person, it will often inspire your business too. There doesn't seem to be nothing, nothing is excluded. Yeah, no, that that was a great response, and I think I maybe flubbed the the kind of question a little bit because in in my head I was I was thinking more along the lines of like for example I I see a therapist you know at home who is unaware of this entire plant medicine realm, so I think in in his mind he's you know and I'm I'm probably putting words in his mouth, but from our conversations there, there's a he's inquisitive about what this is he's intrigued. But I think there's still like a barrier in in his mind, and I, so I was talking more along the lines of practitioners of you know they went you went to Harvard, you got your degree or whatever it was, and and you kind of stayed along the kind of conservative mainstream path of practicing, you know, being a practicing uh, psychologist, clinical psychologist, and and things like that. Uh, whereas maybe in the minds of of some of these people who are doing that they would maybe discount integrating these sorts of experiences into their work. Maybe that's, in my guess, maybe that's because it it, it undermines the, their academic achievements or something like that. But I don't think that's the case at all. I think what you said is perfectly true, that it's a, it's a perfect fit and it's a perfect match. And I think, I think that's, that's a perfect kind of um, little microcosm for, for what, in my opinion, how I see the world healing and advancing is mixing cultures and kind of taking the best of what works from the indigenous way, from the plant way, uh, and, and trying to mesh that into what we've learned, uh, in our, in our kind of studious, you know, academic, uh, way of, of, of doing things. Uh, so more of just a, a comment on that, but, uh, yeah, if you want to elaborate further, that'd be great. Yeah. I think, I think what you've said there makes a lot of sense. And 
I suppose um, it's interesting. I think a lot of things come down to people's personal uh, preferences, perspectives, and understanding. And so, obviously, a lot of people who haven't worked with plant medicines will have, uh, you know, potentially some prejudices against them. Like you said, they might have kind of professional defensiveness against being, you know, forced to face the fact that these plant medicines are very powerful in helping people in 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 the domains that those guys are those people and men and women are trying to help people in um and they might just not realize yet um or they just yeah they they prejudice against it for whatever reason um but actually i also think that there's a lot bubbling on under the surface bubbling away under the surface and that you know for example i remember meeting a um a psychiatrist in uh, a, a ceremony working uh with uh, san pedro and i talked to him a bit about you know, his work as a psychiatrist and what would happen if his colleagues found out what he was doing and he said he would be fired on the spot most likely and he absolutely wouldn't mention it at work. Um, but I'm sure he's not alone out there actually. And certainly for myself, when I first started working with plant medicines, I never would have mentioned it very much in my uh, in my work environment except to, you know, people I trusted or figured would accepting of it or have some understanding already um but then when i left um, the work that i was doing in the uk uh, to come here to peru i did tell my colleagues where i was going because i didn't wasn't concerned about it anymore and actually the the response i got was so excited and enthusiastic and encouraging that i was i wondered why i bothered to to keep my mouth shut in the first place so i think actually you know people might be surprised uh, to find out how many other people are already uh, you know sharing some of their their thoughts and and there's a lot of people out there who are curious even if they've they've never worked with plants and certainly what you said about you know integrating eastern and western and whatever you want to call it practices from from indigenous uh, peoples and 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 western peoples and peoples from all over the world and different spiritual traditions i think that's definitely that's that's happening and i think a part of it is about bridging because obviously if you're living in a certain context and then working with plant medicines in maybe in an indigenous setting or wherever you're doing it and then going back into that context you know there there are some uh kind of understandings that can help you because basically you still have a western mindset and you're still living in an environment where you may be brought up to to think about things um in a in a materialist way or a very intellectual way or whatever it may be all these things are highly variable between people but then obviously having tools and strategies uh, to help you integrate that that directly speak to that and to your life experience uh, really makes a huge difference and that's basically what we're all about yeah no that's that's great and i think this is a perfect segue to, to what i want to talk about next is you know a lot of people they're hearing about ayahuasca. They're, heal- they're hearing about the amazing healing power that it, that it can cure depression and cure PTSD and all these wonderful things. And it is a wonderful plant medicine. It can definitely help with with a lot of these traumas and, and alleviate these sorts of uh, you know different kinds of ailments and neuroses and, and all these sorts of things. So it's it's absolutely you know wonderful that we have this opportunity now to take part in such a ancient sacred uh, thing. But one of the one of the most important things is after you know i think uh jack cornfield has this book called after the ecstasy now the laundry you know and it's like that's 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 life right like that this is the world that we live in you know i think that uh you know even myself i've had some you know wild-eyed you know fantasy of like 
running off to the jungle and just kind of living there or i mean i'm here now <laughs> you know here we are you know and, and uh but but you know but then you know this isn't my home this isn't my culture you know and there is the 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 whole other world that's out there the world that we came from you know this world is we're we're able to kind of you know borrow from it or or learn from it you know temporarily uh but there's a lot to learn here and and there's a lot to to integrate now let's let's talk about that let's talk about integration first of all i want to know what, what does integration mean what does it really mean to 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 practice integration and and what are some you know why why is this such an important thing maybe we could start there and then you know get get deeper into this hugely hugely important aspect of uh of the ayahuasca experience yeah that that's a great question i mean in so the ay ayahuasca is is a very powerful catalyst for change essentially and and we know that change is challenging and 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 we have many ways of of resisting it and certainly you know if we if we come to uh, a workshop or a retreat then we're in a setting where you know this the space is open for us to really uh, go deeply into that work uh, and to uh, learn amazing things to experience amazing things to to face things in ourselves to face traumas to face difficult emotions uh, and to basically go beyond what is normally accessible to us in our in our normal state of mind, uh, with the assistance of the medicine, and here you know with the shipibos, with the the ikaros and the other plant medicines that are used, and all the practices that we're doing here, um, and so then the, the integration challenge becomes basically when we go home, uh, there can be ongoing work to do, and you know that raises many opportunities and many challenges. Sometimes um, there is uh, residual aspects of traumas that need to be um, contained and, and healed. Uh, sometimes we've really opened up in emotionally or we've opened up our creative potentials or we've opened up, we've been inspired to, to do different things. Um, and when we go home, we might not be in a situation where everybody's 100% on board with us with that. Uh, they might not understand what we've gone through. Um, they might be just expecting us to be the same old person. Whatever it may be, there's, there's any number of, uh, of, of ways that that can manifest. Uh, and so integration basically involves kind of keeping a channel open for the processes of the medicine and the plants to continue unfolding. Um, and that can be easy or hard, and it can be easy and hard. Uh, and so basically what we're looking to do is bring awareness to that as well as providing uh, systems to support that and to offer you know, resources and ourselves as well as personal resources to help people understand what they're going through um, and to make the best of it basically uh, and to keep building on, on, on whatever they've achieved and, and really to be able to uh, contain anything that's challenging them yeah and i think that um you know t just to kind of fly out to a grander perspective a little bit you know and talk in, in terms of like the culture and, and where we're at in, in in our history here it's it seems that a lot of these uh ailments and 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 you know dysfunctions if you want to call them that like the developing people seem to be coming from sort of the the culture in, in which we live in would would you ag agree with that or yeah absolutely i mean all all problems are, are up to a point culturally bound are uh, particularly you know uh, psychological and spiritual 
problems very much so obviously if you if your uh physical problems are arguably less so because you know if you break your leg you break your leg regardless of where you're from um but um certainly yeah you know ailments that are really you know if we're talking from a western perspective which i guess we are uh, for the most part here um that you know problems like we have a an epidemic of depression you know it's it's becoming a huge problem and this is you know arguably due to individualism and isolation and the social isolation that goes on with that as well as perhaps the you know the absence of 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 true uh rich spiritual uh practice and understanding that many people experience um and you know obviously we have um a lot of people have uh either rejected uh church teachings if they were brought up christian or, or whatever religion they might have been born into and been practicing um there's often a sense that the institutions that are uh, overseeing them are perhaps mm, not offering people the real spiritual sense that they need and so people are falling away from that obviously there's been lots of controversies going on in um, some churches and things like that that have uh, led to people leaving them in in large numbers and a big loss of their influence and there's a kind of void left behind of that um you know some people don't care about it some people think that you know obviously if they take a materialist perspective they think there's you know there's spiritual realities are not in existence but nevertheless um they might still be experiencing um you know some of these what we call again they're called common mental health problems because they're very common um and they do seem to be very much bound up in 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 um social isolation uh in perhaps i guess you could say an over intellectualized perspective on things sometimes because our thought patterns really uh run away with themselves that leads to to all sorts of uh troubles um and basically the you know the solutions to them often involve opening up other more giving more attention and building more understanding of of other aspects of our uh consciousness like our you know the the logic of our emotions and understanding how to work more fluidly with emotions um and you know opening up to to spiritual practices and experience uh can really do a lot to help people as well as forming community um absolutely because given that the you know this sense of isolation and not having people to really connect with and share with deeply um seems to be uh, you know a foundational problem in a lot of present in a lot of people's challenges um that you know opening up and connecting to uh community is also a very important aspect of that yeah definitely community is huge and and I talk about that a lot on this show that you know the importance of that community and the and the connection with other people i i think there's a tendency to think that oh my god we're suffering there's something wrong with me i'm depressed i i'm i have anxiety there's there's something wrong with me and the and the kind of pharmaceutical medical model is like okay well you know here's a pill this will take this will isolate your feelings of depression and it, you know it, it, this is isolated to handle that one particular thing but you know then there's all these side effects now maybe you have to take another pill to counteract some of the side effects that you face with that and that seems to be kind of the way that our culture wants to handle it instead of instead of properly educating people on the tools that we can use the tools that that you that you work with the tools of mindfulness the 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 tools of uh i think you you said like false be- belief systems and, and things like that like it's it's really 
I feel like we're really in a process right now. A lot of people like to talk about this kind of transitionary type of uh, time period that we're in right now. And I, I think that that seems to be the case. I think we're living in an unprecedented time right now where people are connected like never before. We have information at the drop of a hat. We can, you know, we can see how other people are living in other cultures. We can visit them, you know, in a matter of hours. You know, you don't have to take a, a wagon trail and worry about getting eaten by a pack of rabid dogs. You know, it's, you, you, it's, it's, we're living in, in really unprecedented times right now. And, and because of that, it's pretty turbulent, right? And there's, and there seems to be a, like an unpeeling that's happening or, or something. Um, so, so really, you know, it's, it's, I'm wondering like when people are, are getting, you know, when we, when we approach this, this sort of healing work, you know, that we're doing, um, it, it's, after the after the fact after we've we've sort of gone through this process this this journey that we've we've made the decision to to acknowledge the fact that we that we need to do something uh so that we could better handle the way that we're interpreting the world um but then again there's the world so what do you do there you know what what's the so it, it's it's just a matter of time i suppose right where we where more and more people are educated in order to use the tools of the mind to use the 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 tools that that uh that a lot of i guess ancient cultures you know have used for thousands of years that we're now sort of meshing together right into kind of to 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 fully integrate so not only integrating our individual experiences but the culture as a whole is sort of going through an integration process, and you know I'm talking about the the, the Western culture. Um, so, yeah, what do you what do you think about what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean that that's a huge question. So I'll yeah. I'll I'll do my best to say a few things. Um, yeah, basically, f- firstly, I think there is an understanding in in you know in the West that uh, psychological tools are very important uh, for working with you know the common mental health problems that we've been talking about uh, and certainly you know the, the this preference for for giving people medication um, is is still there in some ways but actually it, it is established in the research that that even if someone is taking um, antidepressants for example that having um, psychological treatment alongside it uh, makes the uh, benefits more enduring, basically, um, than if they're just taking the the medication. Uh, and so, I don't think we need to become anti pharmaceutical medication in a, in a black and white way. I think it's just uh, the, certainly there's an evolution going on in understanding how important the the psychological uh, and uh, other treatment systems are uh, alongside that and also just self-standing of course because you don't have to take medication unless you absolutely need them or want and or want them um there's there's plenty of alternatives to that um and yeah absolutely what you said about th- there's an explosion of access to information which means that we do have the opportunities um you know if you've got internet access and and you know even just socially people are exchanging all kinds of information that that certainly in my personal experience my my parents and were far less interested in uh, and my grandparents generation wouldn't have had any understanding of whatsoever and i think for them certainly you know if we talk about um being open to engaging uh with other traditions and cultures and the practices that come from them um 
they probably would have seen that as very foreign and and probably had lots of judgments about it that that are becoming you know that tide is definitely turning around completely we're really learning to understand and 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 respect um that actually you know like I said, there's nothing new under the sun and that many of the things we think are new discoveries are just not. Uh, and that actually, you know, a lot of these um, understandings are, are actually derivative of, of, um, of you know, ancient understandings anyway. Um, and so I think, you know, if we call this the information age, if you like, I think that that's going to continue. And like you say, there is going to be a, a process of, hybridization that continues um you know even the temple itself is effectively offering a hybrid uh, uh presentation obviously we honor the shipibo tradition and, and that is at the centerpiece of all the work that we do but even the you know even in our conversations with the the maestros they really appreciate the extra work that we're doing to support the um to support our guests in 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 this ayahuasca work because some of the questions that they're asking just aren't really relevant into the ways of, of thinking that you know some of the indigenous cultures have because they don't have those problems because they're not living in a different culture so they haven't necessarily you know considered solutions to them either um it's not that they don't have problems it's just that they have their own ways of working with all of that that are that are that are different and, and um specific to them um and that's fantastic but obviously then we are here to, to kind of bridge that gap for, for people coming from western cultures um, and I think, yeah, that's going to continue. Of course, it is. You know, it, it it definitely seems like a like a a wave that's going on at the moment. And you know, who knows where it's going to lead? It's actually very exciting, really. Um, it brings me great hope for the future. Yeah, and I think that the temple is is really kind of leading the way in in terms of you know in the ayahuasca sphere, but also in the in just the general sense of really bringing a balanced approach and a responsible approach to to the healing modality to you know some people would say uh, awakening people to a higher frequency or vibration or consciousness or whatever however you want to describe it but people are coming out with new perspectives new understandings and that is really what it's all about right and it, it, to me it seems like the message of ayahuasca if there is a message of ayahuasca is to hey humans get your shit straightened out so you stop fucking shit up so we can all live in 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 balance and 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 you know sort of harmony and respect for each other and that's not to say that we're all going to hold hands and everybody's going to get along and we're going to skip around and sing kumbaya together but it, it but it seems like that you know the people in these in, indigenous cultures the people that I'm aware of in these indigenous cultures the way that they behave and the way that they act is they they take from the land, they use what is appropriate to use, they don't take too much, and they live in the earth because they are, because we are from the earth. It seems like we've really, for whatever reason, have gotten away from that, where we try to kind of dominate everything and pave everything over. Not to say that that's, you know, sure, a paved road's nice, you know, maybe you need a building, an office building, these sorts of things, but it seems like we've lost our way in terms of what's appropriate where where there's a balance and you know this this sort of idea that we can just kind of march around the world and do whatever we want without having any repercussions so you know in my in my understanding it's like maybe ayahuasca and maybe you know all kinds of plant medicines are trying to send a message to us to say hey you're not the only sentient beings around here on this lot you know we should all kind of work together here to to at least have somewhat of a uh, reasonable existence right so then, 
you know, I, I'd love for you to comment on that, but also I just want to say this this piece about integration where it's like you come here, you get some healing work done, right? You go back home. Now, you know, say you you're working at like Exxon Mobil, like you're you're you know, like a CEO or something. Like I mean, I'm not CEO, but yeah, you're some like the CEO of Exxon Mobil. Drink, keep drinking, stay here. Yeah. But but you you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like we have these 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 jobs these these functions the way that our society is structured and engineered in in such a way that it really makes it hard to be compatible with the lessons that we've learned or the way that we want to live our lives i think what i see is a lot of people disengaging with that you know choosing to to, to start their own businesses or or get involved with things that are um regenerative and and sustainable and uh healthy with with a balanced approach so, you know, that do you think that's kind of like the larger goal of 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 integration at, at a societal level? Wow, yeah, I'm, I feel like it's like where angels feet to tread to answer that question. <laughs> what do I think should happen in the world? Well, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I certainly understand and, you know, the themes that you've been talking about and 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 they're out there. I mean, I obviously there's a lot of people deeply concerned all over the world about um, you know, the rate at which we're consuming resources and, you know, um the environmental impact of, of the way that we live um, and, the, you know, the, the sort of what we might call the runaway consumerism, if you like. Um, I don't know what the solution is. You know, I, I think that I've never had, you know, an experience working with plant medicines or in healing meditation where, where I just said, yeah, let's consume more come into my mind. It certainly doesn't seem to be like that. I mean, you know, I personally have very few possessions right now. I have a one large backpack, one small backpack, uh, and that's basically all I travel with. And then, apart from that, I have um, you know just like a couple of shoe boxes stored in my dad's house, and one pile of paperwork in my brother's house, and that's that's my total possessions in the world. And so, I didn't really even you know think about that or plan it in advance as some kind of big philosophical endeavor. It just obviously, when I started traveling suited my lifestyle and i soon found out i didn't need any of it anyway so i don't have a kind of like permanent residence at the moment either so i haven't had any opportunity to build anything up but i don't think that my experience is entirely unique so i guess i can uh, answer your question more in terms of there's this, this there is potentially this trend emerging at least for some people um you know, I, I, I'm always very hesitant to, to tell the world <laughs> what to do. I feel that's like beyond my uh, qualifications. Um, I mean, it would be absolutely fantastic if we uh, could find more ways of becoming sustainable. And certainly, obviously, you know, the, the indigenous ways were inherently, uh, you know, like it's almost ridiculous to say, uh, completely uncomparably more sustainable you know to add in to it to a degree that is i wouldn't even know how many noughts you'd have to put on it uh compared to, to what's going on you know, all over the world not just the western world but um and so yeah we could we could certainly benefit from 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 becoming finding ways of being more sustainable how we go about doing that obviously and the complexities of of the economics of it the politics of it the you know everyone's got their vested interests and everyone gets a say and you know some of the people who get a say are quite powerful so uh, i don't even know what's going to happen there but but certainly i think 
that um, I can't imagine that if if we were to be able to get ayahuasca on the mic, she'd be saying, "Oh yeah, just destroy the place." I'm happy with that. I <laughs> I don't think so, but yeah, I I um I am always hesitant to tell anyone what to do in that at that level. That's uh that's a grand game, but yeah, I I I certainly hear what you're saying, and I I feel like that trend will continue to develop to develop kind of inevitably. I think it has to. I mean, I think everyone realizes. Well, not everyone realizes. Actually, there's argument about that out there, of course, too. But I think uh, a lot of people realize and will continue to 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 move in that direction. And yeah, I'll um I'll be happy to participate, but I'll also uh, acknowledge that I'm I'm not an expert in the fields of of you know geology and the, the, and environmental science and economics and all these things that need to be considered there. So I'll um I'll participate, but I'll also <laughs> hand it over to the experts to to give their opinions too. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes, and you know, let's hope it's something good. Hey, but I can't see, I can't see the future. Well, I like your politically correct uh, answer, like a politician, you know, like a politician. But you're right, you know, and 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 it's like, you know, I I, I can be the fool who who wildly predicts. I do that on this show quite a bit. But then again, I don't have any credentials to to risk worrying about, so it's perfectly fine for me. But uh, yeah, like you know, but I'm curious to know. You know, I like, you know, forget about your, the, the, you know, you don't have to worry about being right with a prediction or anything like that, but you must have like a grand vision or, or something that you really believe in, something that you're hoping to get out of the work that you're doing here with the temple. You know, you're part of the integration team, you're, you're holding the classes on mindfulness. So what, what, what is your larger vision in terms of what, what you would like to see or what you hope to have, uh, you know, the result being of people coming here and working with you? Ultimately, I, I would like people to receive whatever they would like to receive, to be honest. And as I said, that that ayahuasca seems to catalyze whatever people are focused on. And there's really no no limit to that. So basically I just I want the best for myself and therefore I want the best for other people too. And certainly in terms of the grand vision of it, it's it, it does seem like the potential is for us to profoundly heal at a personal level, um, which can you know, involve like a whole new understanding of of what the potential of life is, uh, in just you know from as basic as just like feeling better on a day to day basis, up to you know having uh, an elevated spiritual understanding of the world or whatever kind of awakenings can go on there, to you know enhanced creativity, uh, to even just kind of like seeing and understanding new opportunities and ways of doing things, which can actually contribute to the very things that we've been talking about, like how can we live better on this planet? And I think actually, yeah, that would be, I guess, the the, the aspect that the plans certainly uh, are said to, um, to be at their heart is to teach us how to live, basically, to how to live well on this planet and how to live well um, as a human and how to live well in our communities, basically. And so, you know, it's like, you know, you often hear these sayings that the best gift you can offer to the world is your own liberation. And certainly sometimes these healing paths can, from some people's perspective, seem self-involved and, um, you know, I guess you could say uh, dismissive of, of, of 
being involved in in the world at large but actually i find the opposite is true the more that we we uh, heal ourselves naturally we become um, in a better position to engage enthusiastically with things and we're often inspired to do so uh, and that's how it has been with my work absolutely that um, i've become more and more confident that the work that i'm doing is useful and um, you know obviously I really love sharing it with people. It feels really good to do so. What they then do with it, of course, is up to them. But what I see is that um, people, you know, working with ayahuasca are, are inspired in all kinds of directions. I mean, here right now, in, in the group that's here right now, we have artists, we have musicians, uh, we have business people, we have people who straight from here are going off to volunteer their services in, in other places here in Peru um, to help out their community. We have people who are being inspired to improve their relationships at home with their parents and their communities. Um, and I think that um, that happens kind of naturally obviously there are challenges and and to that but and and that's what we're all about helping people work through um but basically i think the the benefits naturally uh ripple out to everyone that we're all engaged with because you know we just become more ourselves basically in the end um obviously we can have extraordinary experiences but in the end we just become if you like extraordinarily ordinarily ourself um that's what i'm finding i don't feel like i'm becoming someone else i just feel like i'm becoming more relaxed about myself and and really oh, that's what i want you know um obviously you know i have you know visions and perspectives of the potential of what can unfold um that are you know it could be framed in in spiritual terms but i you know i'm also becoming very patient about them um uh, as well like it's like i'm just less concerned about rushing to any destination if you like and and becoming more and more appreciative of just living and enjoying my life as best as i can and and offering the best of myself and that's i think again just what i hope for everyone else too that they feel uh good about themselves and able to offer the best of themselves yeah yeah wow i mean yeah right on i i, I totally agree with you there that's it's pretty amazing you know you, you said allow you're like un to unfold you know and that's patience like th those words just like you know really stuck out to me because i think a lot of people get into this tendency of like okay like we're gonna do this thing and it's gonna be this way and this is gonna happen and then this is gonna but there is there is sort of no rush right i mean it, it is it is and you can't really rush you can't force people to change you can't force people along the path there has to be sort of a there has to be an ability uh, or at least just a uh, a way for people to see, choose, and then go on the path that they're on, and then allow the journey, that process to unfold in the way that, that it does. And then, you know, like you said, whatever happens, happens. Like, thankfully, you know, there's a lot of people doing amazing work, you know. So it's like you can do your part, you know, I can do my part, the, the, the other people here at the temple, people all around the world that are engaging in this sort of, um, I don't know what to call it, uh, you know, he healing work, I suppose, compassionate work, uh, you know, and um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. Uh, but I was wondering, like, so when you, you came here seven years ago and you started your, your journey, what are, what are some real, like, I'm interested to know, like, what, what has happened to you during this, this time? I'm sure a lot has happened to you. We probably don't have time to talk about all the things that have happened to you, but. Uh, but 
what are some like key takeaways of the, you know, like you said, I think you made a really good point there too. You, you haven't become a different person. You've just become more of the person that you truly are. And I, and I feel that way as well. I think people might say, oh, you've changed. It's like, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just more me. I'm just more that, 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 that kid that I was where no, nobody was, you know, telling me how to be or what to be and I didn't have this fear or anxiety or worry around that that just kind of primordial self that I was is now emerging again and it's wonderful to see that person again and to integrate that whole experience back into into my life now uh so what are some like key takeaways from from your experience of working here and and your your own personal journey some big maybe big things that you've that you've learned that you you were maybe ignorant to before or just didn't know or, or something like that. I'm sure you have a couple in mind, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, I think the, the kind of thing that I really have started to understand is that everything is going to be absolutely okay. And I know that's a, a complete and utter truism, um, but experientially, this is the kind of memories and, and seeds that have been planted in me by my experiences and, and this is a part of where the patience and, and and the lack of you know the letting go of this kind of urgent urgent need that we often initially feel feel to heal comes from of course there are still things that i want to work on but i just have a much more grounded perspective of that and i think it's it's there's a, a lot of kind of collapsing of paradoxes that goes on like the i guess one would be the the, the collapsing of the extraordinary and the ordinary um that basically I, you know, I have had many, many extraordinary experiences working uh, with these plants, and that obviously is like highly inspiring, and and you know has profoundly changed my worldview to be open to, uh, you know, recognizing and understanding that a lot of the things brought up in a fairly materialist paradigm I would have dismissed as nonsense uh, are actually for real um, and that was you know uh, there's been a, I'm far more open to I, I don't think I've become gullible or, or, or you know foolish about w w what I consider I think I just have personal uh, experiences that allow me to calibrate and understand a lot more of what people are saying when they talk about things that sound a bit esoteric. Uh, and certainly ayahuasca seems to give a lot of people very direct experiences of things in, in the spiritual domain. Um, and that obviously then if you're reading spiritual literature or scripture or whatever it may be, gives you far more ground for understanding it. Uh, and that can be really profound because then essentially you're live, moving then from what can come across as somewhat intellectual or dogmatic until you have experienced it to become something actually very real and very live. Um, and and that, of course, you know, everywhere is widely acknowledged that having a, a, like a strong uh, sense of this spiritual world of, or of the spiritual elements of life uh, really is very strengthening, basically. It gives you a, a great resilience and obviously confidence in life. Uh, I think it reduces fear in death that's i think that's definitely been observed um which you know that just kind of ripples out its effects into everywhere in your life and um certainly the other paradox of between i guess if you like this kind of common idea of like wanting to be enlightened um and then just wanting to be yourself uh, which you know can from some perspectives seem like a paradox it's almost like you're some people thinking of enlightenment, thinking that they're trying to overcome themselves. Um, and actually, it's, it, I, what I found is basically just having 
had glimpses and understandings growing in me of of some of that terrain um just become more and more happy and actually you know very glad to to be alive and to be myself with all my imperfections and my ego and it's like this kind of shift from you know treating your shortcomings as some kind of enemy to be to be kind of beaten up and attacked or removed as to actually just realizing it's just an ally it's like it's, it's your friend on this path it's keeping you safe uh, and these kind of lessons play out in all kinds of ways too because then when you're interacting with other people you end up becoming far more compassionate and less reactive and understanding uh you know of their uh, different situations with with less judgment and then um that just makes it that much easier to be in the world anywhere wherever you go regardless of what uh, path people are are on or what they're doing whether they're doing things that you totally disagree with or not obviously it doesn't mean you don't still get upset you don't get triggered you don't get angry and all those things of course you do um but it just recontextualizes it all in a really really nice way um and i think basically yeah those and of course uh to be to be willing to take chances to be willing to be creative uh to be willing to make mistakes and i don't think these are that necessarily that different from what people will hear elsewhere it just gives a particular it, it brings them to life in 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 a in a unique way actually um which obviously has to be experienced to be fully understood um but i guess those experiences essentially plant memories in us if you like and 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 then from those memories because basically you know our belief systems are built on top of memories you know um so uh, those directly influence our our belief systems and and what we then go on to do uh, and so yeah we just as i said we end up just being more ourselves yeah yeah so no that's great um yeah we're going to we're going to be wrapping up soon uh but before we go i want to i want to you know you've been teaching the classes here that have been wonderful and i've heard all the guests say you know they just have this amazing like respect for you and like oh is sean gonna be there is is sean's class happening now um you know uh even people saying like oh i gotta check when sean's gonna be at the temple if i come again you know these sorts of things so congratulations man because that's that's amazing you know to have to have uh that kind of uh effect on people but obviously, you know, and, and I, you know, I'll say this too, is just that there's, you know, I'm getting a lot of benefit out of, out of the classes that, you, that you've been leading. And now you're going to be going to a class right now. You're going to be teaching a class here in one of the Malokas uh, here at the temple. Can you give, uh, give people maybe a little taste of what you're going to be talking about and, and, and how this kind of thing goes down and a little bit about the, the classes that you're teaching? Sure. So, yeah, I'm I'm really chuffed with the feedback. I can, <laughs> it's obviously, you know, I'm really thrilled to, to get positive feedback and I'm really thrilled with how engaged these guys are in it all. It, like, I mean, I love my work and, and when I've got a really engaged group like this, it's, it's the best thing for me. And um, obviously the, the ayahuasca really helps that too because it just brings fluidity to all these processes. And, and, and as I said a couple of times already, it just catalyzes whatever we're working on so if people get stuck on something then they go into ceremony and hey presto they're not stuck anymore which which is fantastic that's really enriching and so the, the classes i offered are basically all uh centered around uh working with the ayahuasca and giving uh processes and structures that help people to progress through whatever's coming up so a lot of them are directed at working with emotions uh for example uh, so we look at uh, different meditative techniques for how to sit with an emotion uh how to not fight it uh how to uh, focus into it and follow it as it uh, unfolds and progresses in your body in a way that leads to and reveals its own resolution as well as often 
some kind of new understanding that forms then around that because you know one of the other principles i've been teaching basically is our mind is essentially a meaning generating machine if you like give it a reductionist label like that i'll i'll risk that um and that basically when we feel better it just introduces a, a different meaning based on the, on the better feeling and then if we remember that and recall that then we can um, kind of if you like update or um, amend our previous belief system so that we can then you know grow in confidence obviously we've also been looking at different strategies for working with thoughts a lot of these are derived directly from cognitive science and from cognitive behavioral therapy uh, and so these involve learning to uh, understand the way in which our belief systems form through the various influences uh, from our life and arguable even ancestrally from before our life and culturally and all these factors that surround our individual life um, and to recognizing all of them understanding how the thoughts that pop into our head on a day-to-day -day basis today or when we're upset or depressed or when we're triggered or anxious or whatever it may be where they're coming from to get a really uh, clear picture and understanding of that which itself uh, we say normalizes them basically it gives context to them that itself can be relieving uh, remove some of the confusion some of the self-blame uh, some of the catastrophization that goes on and then there are being able to like dig into that there are particular strategies for uh, challenging and reappraising thought systems to give opportunities to under to see things from a different perspective which of course then feeds back into our emotions and uh, informs different uh, choices of, of what to do how to respond how to behave which all feeds back into the same cycle of, of how we're feeling on every level and you know emotionally spiritually physiologically um in our thoughts what we're seeing in our mind and our dreams and uh, this this you know completely fluid complex system that fits together so i i describe a lot of it as shifting focus from content onto process so oftentimes we get really caught up and fused with the particular content of what we're thinking about whenever we're feeling a certain way. Uh, and by uh, stepping out of that for a moment, obviously we want to understand the content and we want to acknowledge it and, and give compassion to where it's coming from. But then what I also help people to do is to step out and look at different processes that are going on. So understand thoughts in the domain of thought, how to understand emotions in the domain of emotion, how to understand body sensations in the domain of body sensations, and how to understand the fluid link between all of these and, and and our behavioral responses um and there are various exercises uh, that are both meditative written uh, and behavioral that are uh, kind of built around that and, and, and the kind of skill building aspect of it that give opportunities to directly experience the shifts or the healing if you like which is basically in these terms we're just saying healing is when something that's previously been in a state of distress uh, shifts towards a state of calm or happiness or peace obviously that's profoundly reinforcing to to experience directly and that's why i like this kind of if you like applied techniques where you're really aiming directly for something because the feedback loop gets smaller then and it's easier to learn and people get buy-in and that is highly motivating and you know the motivation motivates you to keep up the techniques and that then you keep up the techniques you have the persistence that's what leads you in a, down the road in a good way um and today for example the, these guys are going to be going home soon so we're going to be doing a format that comes straight out of cbt uh it's called a, a behavioral experiment and it's basically a format to frame anything that you want to change that's often something that's kind of involves going outside your comfort zone facing a fear or um you know doing something you have some resistance to doing but you kind of know at the same time that you want to do or would benefit from doing and uh, there's a there's a structured form and a format that basically helps you to really understand exactly what's going on in your thoughts and emotions the predictions that you're making what you believe is going to happen go wrong that is making you fearful about doing it 
or the potential consequences you want to avoid and then framing a way of experimenting with that that allows you to get very direct feedback um, because often and you know to understand things you should avoid doing which we call safety behaviors so that you can make sure you see the feedback clearly and don't misattribute it to something else you've done um, and that basically means that when you go ahead and do things You've set it up so that you catch a lot of information you might otherwise have missed. And that's how it becomes uh, a very uh, valuable learning experience that feeds directly back into your belief systems and allows you to then capitalize on it. And, and it becomes generalizable from there and, and you can you know, really get the most out of what you want to do. That's today's one. And there's, yeah, there's many more like that. Excellent. Yeah. And there's many more like that. I mean, it's, it's just one of the tools in the in the you know toolkit to to work on and you know one of my one of my like hopes is that we can get these kinds of practices to people maybe at younger stages of development so we can you know really work us on work on prevention or or be educated in order to uh you know get just get a better start at all this stuff sometimes you you know you see people who are really struggling and it's only until late in life and they really start to work on themselves but better late than never you know and uh, yeah, I just want to thank you so much for, for making the time to talk to me uh, today and everyone. And um, yeah, tell people where they can like, you know, find you and follow you and, and catch up with your work and, and what you're doing. And if you have anything coming up or, or anything like that you want to tell people about, go ahead and, and tell them. Thanks, Mike. It's, it's been a pleasure to talk with you today. And it's been great to meet you and, and, and you know, hang out with you and work with you and do ceremonies with you down here at the temple. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, I'm uh, leaving after this workshop and I'll be basically going off to work online. So most of my work I, I do online. Uh, so I talk to people on uh, Skype for Skype sessions. And I also obviously a lot of that is, is working with people who've been here at the temple, but also um, I'm open to people who haven't been because I'm you know essentially working uh, for myself in that sense as well as working for the temple. And I um, have a website, which is www.seanchitty.com, which is S-E-A-N-C-H-I-D-D for David Y.com. Uh, um, and yeah, you're welcome to get me in touch with me uh, via the website. Uh, there's a contact page and my email address is there. Um, and yeah, I'm very happy to hear from anyone who's interested in this kind of work. Also, obviously, if you want to find out about the temple, um, you're welcome to shoot me questions or check out the temple's website, uh, which is www.templeofthewayoflight.org. Um, I don't have any more workshops scheduled right at this moment, but any that I do or um, any of the one, many wonderful range of ceremonies that we have, sorry, of workshops that we have will all be listed there on the website and we'd be really happy to see you down here. Yeah, so thanks again, Mike. It's been fantastic talking to you. All right, excellent. Well, there you go, folks. Right from the Amazon jungle, right from the heart of the Peruvian rainforest, talking talking some big things today with Sean. Excellent. Yeah. And likewise, man, it's been a pleasure meeting and hanging out with you. And thank you all for listening. And thank you for being patient with me with these sort of, uh, you know, not as frequent releases, but Hey, I'm in the, I'm in the Amazon. I'll hear, I'm here for three months. Hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do remember, please leave a uh, comment, uh, leave a review on iTunes. If you can nice five-star review that would really help out the show and, uh, much love to you all. Hope you're all well. Talk to you soon. Peace. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. You know what to do if you love this show. Share it, like it, spread it with your friends. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a neighbor, tell a coworker. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Mike You can donate as little as a dollar a month. 
Or you could go on iTunes and leave me a nice five-star rating and review. Whatever you do, thank you for listening. Much love to you all. Peace.